Hey gorgeous, it's Denise here. And before you listen to today's episode, I want to let you know that I am doing a live two-hour workshop soon all about how you can leverage your strengths and make more money. You can register at denisedt.com slash leverage. I don't want to miss you because we have tons of prizes and there's so much I want to share with you. So make sure you register for the Leverage Your Strengths and Make More Money workshop live at denisedt.com slash leverage. See you there. Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey there, lovely, and welcome to another episode of Chill and Prosper. I am so excited to spend this time with you. As you might realize, we are in Money Archetype season at the moment. So we are doing a special month where we are talking about using money archetypes, personality tests, and all of those other things to design, tweak, and grow your business by doubling down on your strengths. Now, I find this absolutely such a fascinating topic. And I kind of did this unknowingly in my business for a long time, just being, you know, kind of honest about my strengths and weaknesses. But because I've always been obsessed with knowing more about myself, which I don't know, sounds a bit vain, but I've always been obsessed with just like learning about my horoscope. Um, One of the books I had as a kid was that birthday book where it was like a day um, for every birthday, 365 days a year. And I just remember reading that and going, wow, is this me? What part of of this feels true and what part doesn't feel true? So I've kind of always been obsessed in that way. And now I'm obsessed with using it to learn about other people. And what I even realized is that sometimes people think that I'm a little bit psychic because when I start to talk to them about their business and I get those clues to some of their money archetypes, I say the things that they need to hear and they just, they're so surprised sometimes because they think, how do you know that about me? And it is because with archetypes, they are um, not a perfect science, of course, but they give us a framework to understand groups of behavior. And that's super valuable, as you can imagine, to be able to use that ethically in your business, to be able to show people that you understand them, they are, you understand their needs, you understand the language that they want to hear. So um, last week's episode, I introduced the eight archetypes of the sacred money archetype framework. Let's call it framework. Um, And this was developed by Kendall Summerhawk. And I was certified in this method a couple of years ago because I found it so fascinating. And normally I only talk about this on private retreats and occasionally I mention it in Money Bootcamp, but it is this completely separate thing that I do sometimes and I do it once a year. So if you don't know what your archetypes are, go to denisedt.com slash quiz You can take the quiz, find out which archetype you are, and get a personalized training about how to use that in your business. Totally free. Now, if you have attempted to do the quiz and it's too long or you get bored or you get timed out or you have any tech problems at all, just go to denisedt.com slash cheat, cheat as in cheat cheat, and you'll get the summary and you can decide which one feels like you and then you can can take – 
the workshop. And also, ah, sneaky peek too, you can also take the other workshops if you want to. Mm, little cheat sheet hack there for the Mavericks and the Romantics. Anyway, so let's talk about how you can start to use personality tests, whether it's money archetypes or anything else, how you can start to use this in your business. Because when, we, um, when we're starting out, I don't know about you, but I kind of just found mentors that I resonated with and then I just did what they told me to do. Or my very first foray into business is that I bought a business course, you know, one of those typical like how to market, how to put together a thing, you know, pillars and of marketing, all that kind of stuff. And I kind of just followed what they told me to do. And some of it worked and some of it did not work at all. And I couldn't figure out why, because I'm a good student. You're probably a good student too. And I wanted to be diligent and I wanted to succeed and I wanted praise and I wanted to feel like I was being a good student, but it just didn't work for me and my personality. Um, there are eight archetypes really quickly. You've got the accumulator, who's the banker, who really makes methodical financial decisions and can be a bit frugal. You've got the alchemist, who are the idea generators, the seer of possibilities. Um, you know, sometimes the spiritual kind of woo-woo people who struggle a little bit with follow-through. You've got the celebrity archetype, who are the big, shiny, um, fabulous in the spotlight person who sometimes struggles with the behind the scenes, boring parts of running a business and having the money to do all the things they want to do. The connectors are the relationship builders, the people who are always referring and figuring out how can I connect people and how can I help you? And they struggle sometimes with charging because they feel bad about mixing love and money. Then you've got the mavericks, the, the ones who break all the rules, who burn everything down, who have big, bold, courageous ideas and who just jump in feet first. Then you've got the nurturers, the people who struggle to charge anybody at all. They struggle with money boundaries and they just feel bad setting boundaries, but they have the biggest, kindest heart out of all of the archetypes. Well, connectors, they're cousins, I'd say. Then you've got the romantics, people who love luxury and ease and um, living life in the moment, which is beautiful, but sometimes they just want to do business when they feel like it and they don't develop the structures behind the scenes to support that. And then you've got the ruler, which is my archetype. Um, and these are their business focus, monetize everything, um, burn themselves out, workaholic, uh, money-making machines. All right, so they're the eight archetypes. And so you might think, okay, so what, Denise? What do I even do with that? Now, when you think of designing your business model to suit you, there are different models that work for different personalities. And a lot of the archetypes can flex and, and do a lot of different things, but there are some things to look out for in this way. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Say you're an alchemist and the alchemists are the idea generators, okay? So they might have a million domain names, a million half-finished books on all different topics. Now, sometimes they really struggle because they think one of these must be my perfect business idea, and even if you're not an alchemist, I'm sure you relate to this because it's such an entrepreneurial business thing to, to kind of be a seeker, but also want a lot of variety and have a lot of different ideas. But what the alchemist does often is that they beat themselves up because they think this might be my one idea. Instead, you could build a business model that supports a lot of different business ideas. Um, you could have a membership, for example, where you create something completely different for your audience every single month. You might be someone who just sells a bunch of tiny little courses on completely different topics. 
And once you give yourself permission to do that and not make yourself wrong by not having one thing, the quicker and faster and more enjoyably you can prosper. And that's the whole point of this podcast, right? It's chill and prosper. And chilling doesn't mean do nothing. It means, hey, chill your boots, figure out what's the easiest path for you and then double down on that and prosper. So that could be a path for alchemists. Another path for alchemists is just to go, you know what? I'm okay being a jack of all trades, master of none. So I am just going to have one hour sessions where people can spend an hour with me or a day with me and I will completely download from the universe a complete business plan for them and give them all the ideas and freely give it away and then we walk away and I don't have to do anything about that. The problem that alchemists often do is that they they go, oh, well, I'll, I'll give you a report afterwards. No, it's done. You're supposed to be in the moment. You're supposed to create things and then release them. Okay, so that's just one example of how an alchemist could double down on that that part of you that just wants creativity. And that could work for mavericks who want freedom. That could work for connectors who have a lot of different ideas and problem-solving ideas as well. But let's um, let's jump to the connector then. So if I said to a connector, well, you're so good at connecting people and bringing people together, why don't you do a membership? Okay, so that on the surface, that might seem like such a great business idea for a connector because connectors love bringing people together. But here's something the connector would really have to watch when it comes to a membership. They often, if you're a connector, you'll understand this. You go, oh, there's too many people in this now. I need to start another group. I need to start another membership because you you have this um, feeling that once a group gets too big, you lose the connection with everybody, even though they might not need that level of connection with you. You feel it. So you you have might have a limit where you go, oh, it's 20 people. And then I have to start a new group or it's 150 people in my free group. And then I have to start a new group because for you, it's all about those connections. So if you're a connector, you have to change your mindset about um, what the, the level of connection that works for other people. And you have to realize that things like um, the Internet, podcasts, doing live streams at home is like an amplifier effect that you can connect with as many people as possible. And even though you you won't understand this connector because you're just like, no, 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 I need to like look them in the eye and touch them. But I want you to think about me. So I have very low connector energy. When I look at my um, mix of archetypes, connector is very low for me. I need very little connection of people in my life. I'm a hermit. Um, but a lot of people tell me, that they feel like I'm their mentor, I'm their coach, I'm their best friend. I hear this every single day. So I trust that the tools we have now to amplify our messages builds connection. And that's real. It's really real connection for people. Um, so that that could be somewhere that a connector needs to shift their mindset. Now, let's talk about the accumulator for a second. Now, an accumulator, one of their... Um, like strengths and gifts is this ability to see what's wrong okay and to be able to see mistakes and to see and critique things now if you're an accumulator or if you have accumulators in your groups these are the people who always point out the broken links these are the people who go um you said that you were going to deliver this and you didn't or they go hey when is the call because the time's wrong 
So that can be such a gift, but it's not always recognized. It's not always appreciated, right? So I often say to accumulators, how can you use this part of yourself that can critique, can can see what's wrong and actually allow people to pay you for that? And so... Again, you've got to kind of combine this with what your skill set is and what your industry is. But if you're a graphic designer who has accumulator in you, you could offer website audits, literally audit. The accumulator is the banker, right? So audit. Um, You can audit people's courses and say, like, we are so thorough that we will find every broken link. We will find every part that doesn't make sense. And we will audit your course so we can make sure that it's perfect for people. Okay. So instead of turning your perfectionism on yourself and going, I need to find the perfect spreadsheet before I'm allowed to launch my thing, you can turn this into your superpower and allow your business to be about creating perfection for others, critiquing others, um, finding flaws in others, and people will pay you for it. Okay, so there are just three examples so far. Um, I'm going to take a little break and come back with a couple more examples about how to double down on your superpower, but also to sometimes reframe some of the challenges that you have into your greatest assets. All right, see you in a second. Hi, my name's Lata Hamilton and I am from Sydney in Australia. I was a number one, an accumulator, number two, a ruler, and number three, a maverick. Um, so being an accumulator was not a big surprise. I like to save, I like to invest for the future and make those kind of prudent investments and return on investment is a really big thing for me. Um, but then the, the flip side of that is, is that I don't like to spend money unnecessarily. So giving myself opportunities to um, treat myself, to buy things at full price, to invest in things that might save me time in my business, um, invest in help for my business um, and not have to necessarily do everything myself. I'm Stephanie. I am from upstate New York. Hearing that, wait a minute, like I'm a little weird and that's okay. Um, And it was also super, I think the most important aha of that was that it just validated everything that I knew about myself to be true and that it was okay. And also it's okay if I'm not good at follow through. It's okay if the things that are my challenges for them to be my challenges, right? Because in the business world, um, from that like masculine standpoint, that we come to know that it's not acceptable. So to be able to accept myself and go, wait, I can look at those gifts and I can thrive. It's okay if these are my strong things and these aren't my strong things. So um, yeah, for me having the permission, like you said, and the validation um, was a total game changer. It changed everything about how I looked at myself and my business. AK, welcome back. You can see that I'm getting really excited about this. And it's because I love when the light bulb moments go off for people and they go, oh, I can see where I'm designing my business for someone else. Or I can see how I'm designing my business because I've been told my challenges, uh, like things I need to overcome. And I call these smahas, okay, because it's sacred money archetypes and it's an aha, so I call it a smaha. And this is where you start to go, oh, my God, yes, of course. Of course I'm supposed to do, um, you know, business in a different way. So I 
I gave you a couple of examples. We talked about the alchemist, the accumulator, the connector. So here are a couple more. Now, mavericks, okay? Mavericks need freedom so much. And so one of my maverick friends, Star Kachera, she has created this business model where she creates courses and then she sells them to other people. And I just thought this is such a perfect business model for a maverick because she doesn't want to be stuck doing the same thing again and again. She doesn't want to have an all roads lead to boot camp like my business. So, and she comes up with amazing ideas. So she creates this like business in a box for someone. And one of the examples was a couple of years ago, Passive Income Rocks. She created this whole passive income course. And I was so tempted to buy it, but I didn't want it to be a shiny object for me. Um, And she just does this again and again now. And I think that is just such a perfect business for a maverick. Um, Because as a maverick, you might need a lot of freedom. You don't want to commit to something for a long time. Now, let's talk about uh, a business model for a nurturer. Sometimes nurturers feel very left out and alone in the business world because we often value speed. We often value people doing things fast and dirty and hustling. And the nurturers can feel like they are plodding along and going a little bit too slow. And so if you're a nurturer who has um, like a maverick or a ruler coach, you might feel like you're constantly disappointing them which is really hard, super hard to deal with. Um, And so one of my um, friends, Nicola Chatham, Nicola Newman, you might know her from both both of those names. She's an artist and she has that beautiful nurturer personality. She's also an artist, so she can be an alchemist. But she has created this mastermind and it's called the, um, I think it's called the gentle business mastermind or the slow business mastermind. And the selling point is literally, we are going to take this slow We're going to give you lots of spaciousness. We are going to allow you to do the thinking and the consideration and the pausing that you need to do to feel like you've made the right decision. That could also work for an accumulator, an accumulator who wants to be a bit more thoughtful and considered about their business and not just jump in like, you know, the ruler mavericks. And so I love that they've they've taken that and made it that's the strength that's the selling point now me as a ruler I would not like to be in that mastermind one because I would feel like I am jumping all over people and I have been in masterminds like that where I was um, the only ruler archetype I was the only kind of fast and dirty kind of archetype and there were a lot of alchemists and accumulators and nurturers who wanted to have a, a lot more considered, thoughtful approach. So I felt like a bull in a china shop. I felt like I was smashing their little hopes and dreams. I felt like I was changing the pace of the group. And so I felt uncomfortable and they felt uncomfortable. And what I love about what Nicola has done is that she's just being really honest about this is what I can offer. And this is the unique selling point. Now, I might not join a mastermind like that, but I might go to a conference like that. And I have gone to conferences. I went to Julie Parker's, um, uh, she did a, a, a goddess workshop with Sora. And with the, with the way that Julie and Sora did it, it wasn't like one of those hard-ass business conferences. It was like, and now we're going to have free time for two hours. And I was like, what are, we, what are we allowed to do in the free time? And they were like, you can go into town. You can have a nap. You can read a book. And I was like, 
what? And so it was just such a valuable experience for me to go for a weekend and to slow down. And that's the value of the nurturer. So don't beat yourself up that you're not doing things as fast as your maverick ruler friends. Allow that to be your strength. Talk about how you offer spaciousness and you hold space for people and you don't rush them because that is super, super valuable. Okay, so I would even say for romantics, the same advice for you is having a business model that gives you a lot of freedom. And whatever romantics do, you can do whatever you want in your business. Embrace automation, embrace passive income, embrace systems. And part of you might go, oh, it's so boring to do systems. It's so boring to create the infrastructure for a passive income product, but that will allow you to do business when you feel like it. That will allow you to have some spaciousness so you don't have to take on every client when you don't feel like it. So you can go traveling, so you could um, explore different business opportunities without having to hustle all the time because that does not work for a romantic. Um, The other thing too around that automation piece is giving yourself permission to not, not have to do services if you don't want to. And sometimes romantics fall into that trap because you're so good at seeing the shortcuts, you're so good at seeing the kind of hacks and things like that, that people often ask you for business advice because you make it look easy. And so I see sometimes romantics going, oh, okay, well, I'll just take on this project. And they always regret it. You need to have a lot of freedom, a lot of freedom in there. Now, I haven't forgotten about the celebrities. I will come back to you later. I just realized I skipped them, but I will come back to you and you can be lucky last celebrity. You can be fashionably late. I'm sorry. Um, I didn't mean to overlook you. How can I? I can never overlook you. So yeah, romantics definitely embrace that passive income, embrace automation, embrace ease and boundaries too. You might have to um, make sure that people can't book into your calendar or that you only have one day a month to to batch things, you know, summon that energy like I do. I batch my podcast. Um, batching is great for all the archetypes, but definitely romantics for sure. Okay. And then we have the rulers. So the big mistake that rulers make with their business model is trying to do too many things. You might have all of these little empires and each one of them could be a whole business for someone else, like literally a whole full-time business for one person. And you have multiple of those. And so ruler, you might benefit with a simple business model like mine, where I go, all roads lead to boot camp, and I can do whatever marketing I want to. I can create paths. I can create funnels. I can create marketing campaigns as long as all roads lead to boot camp. And I need that as a ruler because I need to keep myself in check. I need to keep that over-delivering ruler in check. Um, Passive income could work for rulers too, you know, just so you can have that bandwidth. I mean, passive income works for all of the archetypes in different ways, but definitely um, for rulers. And I've got an upcoming episode about passive income for all of the archetypes too, because I think that's really interesting. But for rulers, you have to embrace ease and grace. You can't do everything yourself if you're trying to do everything yourself. And even when people tell you, oh, you should simplify, you go, screw you, I can do it all. And you can, but if you embrace um, not reinventing the wheel, allowing yourself to take shortcuts, buying courses or checklists or templates so you don't have to start from scratch. You will save time. And also if you embrace hiring people, um, then you're essentially cloned yourself so you can work even more, which is fabulous. (laughs) Okay. And then finally, the celebrity archetype. Now, if you're building your business model, you have to make sure that you have enough time to shine and be fabulous and be in the spotlight. 
you know, and if you've got suppressed celebrity energy, you might think, oh, well, I'll just, um, I'll start a podcast and I'll interview other people. And part of your celebrity is going to be like, no, 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 I'm, I just want to have the microphone. So it could be little tweaks like that, where you just haven't admitted to yourself yet that you want to be the shiny one. You want to be in charge. You want to be in the spotlight. You might be suppressing your celebrity so much that you organize conferences and events, but you don't go up on stage. You might allow other people to shine because you wish that you could do it yourself. And so it doesn't matter what you do. It is about creating that space for your magnetism to shine. And you know what the cool thing is? If you were a celebrity 20 years ago, I mean, what opportunities were there for you? You could do something in your local town, right? And so some of those celebrities would have been like, okay, well, I'm going to run for local politics or I'm going to be the president of something or I'm going to be in local productions of, you know, musicals. But now you can create your own talk show from home. You can create your own media from home. You can create a YouTube channel. You can do fun things on TikTok. Like you can create your own celebrity ecosystem and infrastructure so you can shine and so you can show up and um, magnetize people with your energy you know and then you can do any business it doesn't matter as long as you're showing up and shining and allowing yourself to be in the spotlight okay so there are just some little tips about creating your business model to work for you it really is sometimes just really subtle tweaks and it's giving yourself permission to, to think outside the square, think outside the box, break free from what everyone else is doing in your industry. Sometimes ignore advice that you've been given from other people. If you've got a mentor who's a completely different archetype to you, you might be trying to copy them. You might be trying to copy what works for your industry and not realizing that you actually can break the rules completely. And you can double down on what works for you and your archetype. Now, this was just a tiny little sneak peek. And I've actually got a free three-part workshop for each and every archetype where I talk about what are your strengths, what are your challenges, how you can start using that in your business, and how you can really kind of create your own unique path based on your based on your top three archetypes. That's where the magic truly, truly happens. So if you haven't taken the quiz yet and you haven't watched the workshops yet, just go to denisedt.com slash quiz. Or if you haven't done the quiz and you just want the cheat sheet and you want to kind of sneaky peek to all the archetypes, that's totally fine as well. Just go to slash cheat, denisedt.com slash cheat. And that will kind of give you the shortcut to the strengths and challenges of all the archetypes. And then you can, there's links to all of the workshops direct. So you can, if you want to, you can watch more than one. That's totally fine. Um, and that will work for the people who love collecting information. So connectors, accumulators, you'll be like, yes, I want to know all the things. Um, and sometimes you get a, a quiz result and you go, I don't believe that's me. I'm going to go and watch something else. So yes, yeah, super, super fun. And as always, reach out to me. Tell me what your archetype is. Tell me your smahas. Tell me what's going on for you because it is so much fun when you start to design your life and business to work for you and work for your strengths and challenges and give yourself permission to really, truly show up as you are. Okay, one final last break. Thanks for sticking with me and I will see you after this for my final thought. Hi, I'm Adele, I'm in the UK, and I'm an alchemist, an accumulator, and a nurturer. So I 
remember very clearly watching that first video you know once you've signed up and then it's like hi you're an you're an alchemist and this is you and i cried um god yeah i cried because i think it was the first time i knew that about me i knew that i knew that i know that that's who i am but it was the first time that i'd heard it accepted in a business sense. Hello, I'm Tanil. I'm in Bundaberg, Queensland, and I'm a romantic. Second to that was ruler and celebrity. I wasn't surprised to get romantic at all because my first thought went to how I love to fantasize and I love to have luxury environments and be comfortable. One part that was a little bit surprising was probably how I viewed what a romantic would be and one of my first thoughts is I'm not really a girly girl, I'm not into clothing, handbags, makeup, that kind of luxury, but I'm into staying in luxury places, having a nice home, um, having a nice meal out, indulging in the finer things of life. So my final thought today comes from the book called Finding Your Own North Star by Martha Beck. And the subtitle of that book is Claiming the Life You Were Meant to Live. And if you are anything like me, your quest to find your purpose, find who you are meant to be, is a lifelong one, but it still could be quite frustrating for you thinking, who am I? What is my business? What is my purpose? Am I living up to my purpose? And Martha says, No one but you has the ability to find your own North Star and no one but you has the power to keep you from finding it. No one. Now, your goals might change over time, but I really believe that this North Star, it's not about our business. It's not about a job role. It's not about hitting an income or breaking through an income or even, you know, doing things on your bucket list. I believe that North Star is self-love and acceptance of who you truly are. And that's going to take time. Some days you will like yourself more than others. And some days you'll be feeling yourself and it will feel really good. But just think of that North Star as self-love and acceptance. It's totally safe for you to be yourself. It's totally safe for you to double down on who you are, to really polish up your strengths and find ways to make your weaknesses and your challenges kind of irrelevant. So that's my final thought for you today is that you are enough and self-love and acceptance is literally the only goal you need to work on. The rest will just figure itself out. All right, my lovelies, I will see you on next week's episode. Chill and prosper. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.